Quinn Fitzgerald and Sarah De Zaraga both wanted to build businesses that could change the world. When they met at Harvard Business School, they found kindred spirits to do just that. To help prevent sexual assault, they developed a company called Flair Jewelry. Flair leverages technology and design to not just keep women safe, but potentially keep people safe in all sorts of dangerous situations. This is a Harvard Innovation Lab story. This is Dennis Cohane, and I'm here with Quinn, Quinn Fitzgerald and Sarah Dezaraga, who can, how do you pronounce it? What's it? Dezaraga. Yeah, there's no way I'll get that. Uh, <laughs> she just learned that. <laughs> this is my new name, just okay. <laughs> uh, from Flair Jewelry, uh, a company working out of the iLab. And Flair is a really interesting company, and you've had, uh, received a lot of attention over the past couple of years since you've been building this company. Um, and once you guys explain what you're doing, I'm sure people will understand why. Uh, so can you explain, you know, the impetus behind Flair and what it is you guys are doing now? Yeah. Um, well, Quinn and I met as uh, students at HBS. We were in the same section here in the MBA program. Um, and we connected right away because um, we had a shared vision of business in the world. Um, and that business can be used as a tool to solve some of the world's most pressing problems. Uh, we believe firmly in that. And so we started ideating around some of the problems that we cared the most about. Um, and sexual assault was something that we both had experience with. Uh, we knew tons of classmates of ours who would disclose their own assaults to us as we started talking about it. And we just heard about it in the media constantly with... Um, what happened at Stanford, the runners in Boston and New York who were attacked over the summer. And it felt like this was a moment to really give people something to help them. Um, and we were in my apartment drinking wine, and we saw this can of pepper spray that my mom had bought me when I left for college. <laughs> <laughs> The inspiration. Inspiration comes from some strange places. That was the inspiration moment. We were like, look, like this is what we have to protect ourselves. This is ridiculous. Um, There needs to be something better. There's technology available now to help reinvent personal security. And that's what we're trying to do. Excellent. So what is it you guys are doing now with Flair? So how do you try to solve this problem? Yeah. So we started out with a smaller problem, which is sexual assault. And we went out there and we started talking to people. And we were surprised by the diversity of people who came and talked to us. We had a mother who had a disabled son come and talk to us because he sometimes gets lost. We had another woman who came and said that her mom is elderly and she doesn't want to use the options that are out there because they strip her of her dignity. We had uh, an African-American man come up and say, like, I'm afraid of the police. I want something like this. And we soon realized that there was a huge potential. Um, Currently, the only people who really have personal safety devices are, like tech-enabled safety devices, are the elderly. But we think that's ridiculous. Why can't everybody have their own... Yeah, screw the old people. Screw the old people. No. (laughs) But, like, why can't everybody have their own personal security detail with them all the time? Yeah. They should. Yeah. And so that's what we're trying to do. Um, And we realized that everybody needs specific solutions so we're we're providing targeted solutions that are geared for the situations that people will end up in and we're putting it in things that people use on a daily basis so that's jewelry that's 
accessories, backpacks, shoes, um, phone cases, anything to disguise it so that nobody has to know that you're wearing a safety device and you just go out there and live your life and have a little extra something something on the side. A little something something on the side. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that should be that's a great tagline. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know, as you've been building this company, um, you know, every like every company, there's highs and lows. And so, what are some of the challenges, like every company that you guys have faced as you've been growing Flair? Uh, you've had success, you've won some competitions, um, but what, you know, what challenges have you faced, and how do you overcome them? None. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We face challenges every day. <laughs> yeah, the competitions actually for us were the easier part. Um, I don't want to downplay how much effort we put into them, but. Um, our message, what we're doing, the concept resonates with people really well. Uh, and that's how we knew we were onto something. What's been harder for us has been, okay, like now we're getting a little bit of momentum. We have to make this a reality um, and building up the team. So Quinn and I are both non-technical co-founders. Um, I have some experience and exposure to manufacturing and industrial businesses from my past work, but we're not engineers. And so we needed to find that talent. And talent in the hardware sector, um, especially, is hard, really hard to come by. Um, they're competitive people, and a lot of people are going into software, to be frank. Um, so it's harder to find them in universities and in startup ecosystems in Boston. Um, so we searched high and low. We spent a ton of energy on networking and talking to people like crazy. Um, almost all of the traditional channels that people would think to go to to find people didn't work for us. Um, what ended up working was just um, being at events and talking to people. So we met our mechanical engineer at a women in hardware meetup that was hosted by Bolt. Um, and the organizer asked, hey, does anyone want to introduce what they're doing? And I said, hell yeah, I want to introduce mm-hmm. what we're doing. Um, we're looking for some kick-ass women. They might be in this room. But a lot of people don't do that at, at those yeah. events. And so that, good for you. Yeah, and I so mean, led, so we were hungry for it. We needed it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have any inhibition. <laughs> Maybe we were more desperate than other people. But um, so we found her, um, and she's been incredible. Um, really having her come into our team and be committed to working with us I think was our biggest accomplishment. Having somebody else really wanting to dedicate their time and their energy to your startup at its infancy is incredible. Yeah, picking like making sure you choose, especially if you're really early, choosing the right people is a challenge, and you have yeah. to do, you know, it's a, a leap of faith sometimes, and and yeah. sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, but another thing that's a leap of faith is being like co-founders, you know, working together. Yeah. You know, a lot of times you have individual founders who build a company and they add people, but you guys have kind of built this from scratch together. What has that experience been like? A piece of cake. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Not really. I mean, I think when you sign up um, to work with somebody, you don't realize the ways that you differentiate, and those come out of the works, and then you have to figure out how to deal with them. So at the very beginning, we had a lot of issues trying to communicate with each other on a very basic level, and we spend time debating about one word literally one word the tiniest thing and it seemed ridiculous what word, what word was it um there oh. were a lot of words <laughs> remember we would go back and forth about assault and sexual assault all yeah. the time and what yeah. was the best way to position and frame mm-hmm. the company yeah and at that point words really do matter a lot mm-hmm. um and you have to learn how the other person communicates to be able to understand what they're talking about you can be in the same room with somebody and have completely different interpretations of what that person said um, so learning how to talk to each other about those little tiny fights made a big difference 
Um, we used to do this thing where when we got emotional, we were like, okay, this is a trees moment. We're like down in the weeds. Let's look at the whole entire forest right now and remind ourselves of why we're here. Mm-hmm. Um, how you communicate in those moments, I think, is really important. You have to be able to do that in order to continue to work together. Excellent. And it's tough because, um, like Quinn said in the beginning, everything matters. Like all the little things really matter because they have a big influence on the way the company is going over its trajectory. And um, if you really care about what you're doing, and we really care deeply about what we're doing, like this is a passion startup for us. Um, It's emotional. Like it's really emotional when we argue about things. It's because we both really care. And keeping that in perspective helps too. Is it hard to keep the passion? You know, if you're so passionate about something, do you sometimes have to check yourself? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. That's what Quinn was talking about with, like, kind of pulling a flag and being like, all right, let's step back. Um, is this, like, we're getting too in the weeds and we're getting upset with each other over nothing? Or is this really actually important to the business? Yeah. I think one of the things that's hardest about entrepreneurship is that um, this is, like, my new way of describing it, right? You have these humongous decisions to make, and it comes down to should I go left or should I go right? And you have basically no information about what will happen if you go in either of those directions so you're down at the bottom like scrambling to find any semblance of information or data or opinions that will help you try to make an informed decision but at the end of the day you like put your finger up and you're like oh i think i'll go left and then two days later you're like oh no no let's go right now (laughs) (laughs) and you just gotta be careful be like okay making decisions about big things and then being flexible to switch them when you learn new information that's great so you guys have been working out of the iLab for most of the history of the company yeah uh what is you know what have you how have you benefited uh from working here and, and what has been most helpful to you guys as you've built the company Oh my God, it's been like so incredible for us. The, the iLab, I think, took a chance on us because we were a very early stage company when we came in here compared to a lot of other um, people in the cohort. Um, I remember when we first got here feeling like we were way behind everybody else, but that was wonderful, actually, because there were so many people for us to talk to, and we were really great about like going out and meeting everybody. Um, we're not shy. We don't hold back <laughs> about that. <laughs> so, um, like... We connected with Tess Brooks, who's working on Confi, um, and she helped us think a lot about um, how she builds her team and how she talks about this issue and people to talk to. Um, we talked to Clarence from Antera, and he like gave us a bunch of his onboarding things, and he was like, look, don't recreate the wheel. This is how I do it. Like, Just recopy what you like and don't like. And by talking to everybody, we just like soaked up a ton of information that allowed us to propel faster. We work with the staff a lot. Um, I think that other teams don't take advantage of that, mm-hmm. to be frank, but they're incredible. Like yeah. we pitch with Matt frequently and he gets to see where we're going and how we're changing um, and help us figure out how to talk about this. This is a sensitive issue to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've changed significantly on that. Um, and they've hooked us up with some incredible mentors that we use. Um, we have three mentors from the iLab. We meet with them monthly. Um, they help us on product development, design, reaching out to investors, um, recruiting engineers. Yeah. Uh, and so you mentioned like the sensitivity of it. Do you have you had pushback from people? Uh, like, how do you handle that? How do you deal with that? It's like yeah. So it's it's a really hard issue to talk about because. It's not sexy. Mm-hmm. It's the opposite. And it's right? the opposite of sexy, <laughs> yeah. And Which can be we sexy want it too, to be know? sexy again. <laughs> we want to make safety sexy. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, 
And it's also a problem that we wish didn't exist. And so we wish we could be in a world where women didn't have to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, But we think that the current options out there don't fit our lives and don't enable us to go and live what we want to do and be who we want to be. And so we think it's about time that there's a solution that fits into our lives. We don't have to change anything and will just allow us to go out there and live our lives just safer. Um, And so any of the pushback we get is usually around that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. People say, why this shouldn't be women's problem. Mm -hmm. This shouldn't be something that you have to do. This is putting a Band-Aid on the issue. And we absolutely hear that. Like, Quinn and I are committed to working on the underlying problem. Yeah. Um, and Quinn especially does a lot of work in that area. She's on the HBS Task Force for Sexual Assault. And we work with um, the Boston Area Rape Crisis Center, Respond, Inc. Because we don't want to be developing a solution that's, like, fear-mongery and, mm-hmm. like, helping to exacerbate misconceptions about assault. We want it to be real, and it is. Um, we think that's where our real value add is, is we're designing particular solutions that fit the situations people are most likely to find themselves in. Yeah, so the first thing we did when we came up with this idea is we went out there and started talking to people. Mm-hmm. People who are our age, people who are older, people who are younger, people who have been through assault, and asked them if our solution would work for them. And sometimes it wouldn't, and sometimes it would. And so we changed our solution a lot um, yeah. when we learned a lot about the different needs that people, especially in different age groups and who do different activities, want mm-hmm. and need. Yeah. Well, I think it's great what you guys are doing. Uh, so what is next uh, for Well, <laughs> we are recruiting a CTO, a, um, somebody who has experience with electrical engineering and connected devices. Um, yeah, wireless communications. Yeah. Somebody who really wants to be a part of our core team, uh, in with it on the beginning, is enthusiastic about this idea and uh, just wants to get down and run with us. Cool. Um, but what's happening for us very soon, which we're excited about, is um, we are ordering ordering our circuit boards for our first 10 units um, in a couple of days. So those are going to be back shortly, and we're going to be um, testing them and iterating with them, working with our jewelry design pro- uh, partners to get them into product, and um, start doing some initial feedback from consumers. Awesome. Well, I think you guys are, like I said, like, this is uh, one of the, the most important companies, I think, that's being built here at the iLab. Thank you. Uh, oh, I know you that's guys nice are... nice of you. There's a lot of awesome companies <laughs> here. <laughs> Um, no, but you guys are the best. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for sitting down and talking, and uh, good luck the rest of your way. Uh, yeah, you know, as you move on and build. Uh, and to any young people um, in the iLab who have just joined in uh, as a recent cohort, like please come talk to us. We're always here. We love talking to new people, telling you what we did wrong so that you don't have to do it. That's great. All right. Yeah. Thank you.